Let's Be Legendary podcast is a member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts ranging from true crime to nerd culture and convention news, please visit nerdandtie.com. We strive to make this podcast and story a safe and inclusive place for as many listeners as possible. So if we've missed any content warnings, please feel free to let us know. Content warnings for this episode include adult language, mature themes, mentions of a child in distress, and implied death of a child. Beyond vast deserts and towering cities of steel and steam, forgotten groves and dark forests lay hidden in plain sight. The world holds its breath as each piece is set for the game to conclude. With each step I take, I feel the strength of all those who came before me, running with me, guiding me. With each step they take, the cracks grow wider and the fractures deepen within her heart. With each step I take, I feel myself on the other side of a mirror and reality slips further from my grasp. I hear the wilds and feel who I am meant to become. I hear the wilds and change is balanced on the tip of a blade. I hear the wilds and know it is only a matter of time. This is the Feywild West. These are the spaces beyond the door. Let's be legendary. You may leave with this rabbit. Thank you, I appreciate that. She still looks pretty freaked out, like... Mm -hmm. uh... Would your companion like to join us for tea as well? Again, no further obligation. Sure. It seems so. She claps her hands again, and a tea cart rolls itself into the firelight. She stands up and just sits the bunny down next to the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And it just stays. They're sniffing at the air. Depends out like bunnies do. Yeah. The tea things animate themselves with a wave of Nick Nevin's hand and they start pouring and oh. adding honey and milk. They eventually float over. Take a seat, dearie. Oh, of course. Sit down. And she snaps her fingers and a another very overstuffed armchair gallops its way out of the darkness and kind of like arranges itself to be in a third position around the fire. They're comfy. Uh Are the chairs alive? What would you constitute as alive? Something. uh, A creature that has awareness and a spirit and a will. Hmm. Well, if you're going to be that broad with your definition of life, then yes. Hmm. Very slowly sit down. It doesn't move, does it? Nope. It feels like a perfectly inanimate chair. Oh, it is comfy. It's so squishy. Okay. 
<laughs> that is gone high alert. Like, uh... yeah, you, you and me both. Yeah. She said this was mortal tea, right? Uh huh. Okay. Okay. She said this was mortal tea, and she can't lie. So here we go, and I take a sip. It tastes bitter. Very good, but very normal tea. Mm-hmm. She suddenly produces a plate full of little powder sugar cakes. And holds out cake, dearie. Um, is this also, uh, uh, I take one, but I don't eat it. I just take one and I'm just okay. kind of holding it. All right. And she moves the plate over to you, Talia. Are we not supposed to take food? And she smiles a bit wider and she takes the tray back touches her finger to her nose. I wouldn't be much of a fae lord if I didn't at least make the token gesture, dearie. Then she moves the tray over. Looking at this cake, like, it's gonna hurt me. (laughs) I, like, put it on the side of the saucer. Yep. (laughs) She just drops the tray and it just instantly dissolves into smoke. Okay. (laughs) I watch that. I'm like, hey. There's a little bit like, oh, that's cool. And she just sits and sips her tea quietly. I do the same. You have been uh, stirring up some things recently, Derry. Have I? Mm-hmm. How so? Well, there's the big one. And she looks at you with a knowing look. Uh, Longfellow, you mean? Oh, <laughs> that's politics, Derry. Oh, good. <laughs> the fact that you exist and open the door. Oh, right. That, that, that big that one. That big one. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Is there another big one? Is also, I'm like, uh... Celine is on her guard right now. Yes. It, it had been quite some time since anybody from this neck of the woods was able to cross that wall. Yes, I, uh... You know, after the Sundering, that whole big mess that those petty deities made... <clears throat> it's just sipping my tea, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't know anything about them, so... Everything was in all sorts of chaos for quite some time. Even the Feywilds were in much more of an uproar than usual. And there was nothing. There was... No connection to the material plane. Many of us Fey Lords lost significant amount of our power due to that. Wait, what? Oh, indeed. Your power is connected to the material plane. She nods. Very much so. In fact, some of us who are more aware and active of events in the material plane were quite worried as we saw parts of our world beginning to crumble and fade without the connection. Let's just look at how, like, far or far not found. So the Feywilds were dying? Nods. Slowly. Like, as I said, there were a few of us that were very concerned. And that changed when she opened it? No. It changed... Uh, when the Feywilds came close once again to the material plane. 
The cosmos is something that cannot be described well or accurately by anyone. I don't care who tries. But it is... Big. That is actually the most succinct, perfect definition I have ever heard. <laughs> Celine smiles. Mom's proud of me. <laughs> it is big. And it is possibly best to think of the planes as small balls in a very big space. And they had all been thrown very far afield of each other. But eventually they all bump back into each other. And when when the Feywild bumped back into the material plane, at first we rejoiced. The death and decay of the Feywild seemed to begin to slow. Then after a time we realized that it was all it was doing. It was simply slowing, and we were still unable to establish a firm connection to the material plane. And then you opened the door. I did. I was a Feywild so reliant on the proximity of the material plane. All the planes are. <laughs> to the material plane specifically? Mm, nods. Even if those... She kind of just looks upwards. Self-righteous, self-centered, self-interested gods don't want to admit it. <laughs> so he's just... Uh, I'm not going to say anything to that. They like to think that they've created it all. I say bullshit. <laughs> I actually, like, laugh. If they could have created it all, it would not have been such a war to destroy it all. They would not have needed such help from mortal lackeys to do their work here on the plane. All the planes are connected, all back to the material, and all suffered when separated from it. I don't know what to make of that. Make of it what you will. And how was she able to do it? I was only two years old. Ah, yes. If there is one common failing of our race, it is our affinity for children. <coughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Think about Longfellow. Like, yeah. Uh, I, um, I guess that is a recurring interest. Children have much, much more imagination than adults. They are able to conceive of ideas both simpler and larger than any group of so-called grown-ups. It could only have been the mind of a child to find and open the door. So it was just coincidence? No. He who stands between chose his time well. What do you mean? It is not my business. You know not to trust him. Of course. We may not be able to lie, but that one... If there's one compliment I will pay him, it is that he can craft a sentence better than most. That's his only compliment. Gathering that. 
Was he watching me? He had been watching your bloodline for some time. My bloodline. Right, you're a princess or something. I'm... <laughs> I kind of shoot you a look like, really. Saristra. Yes. She may be claimed most beautiful of the Fey ladies, but she is an empty shell. What do you mean? There are many vices that can take a Fey's interest, dearie. Mine, and she kind of just smiles around at her cozy little space, is comfort. Not a bad vice. Hmm. It has perhaps led me to be less active than I should be in some cases, at least in these times. But another, his parties, as you saw with Lord Longfellow. Yes. Another can be wealth, such as with our mutual acquaintance. Saristra's is power. And she has emptied herself of all else. What is the point, then? A wise question. Hmm. So is your vice fucking with people's heads? <laughs> Give you, I, I shoot you a look like... Mischief. Another vice that is very common among the younger fae. <laughs> I'm like still glaring at you, Talia. But it's like... You can tell it also wants to be glaring at her, like... I indulged it much when... Ah, but that was another time. What was? What... Before the Sundering. Before much of my lands was eaten away by the loss of the material plane. And so now it has come out. She nods. Thing looks like she wants to say something, but is like hesitating. What is it? I. There are so many questions I have, but I don't even know what to ask. Where to start? Why me? Why not my mother or father? Where was the fey lineage comes from? Oh, my grandmother or anyone else before me? Certainly, they must have been more concentrated manifestation of fey. Time is a funny thing, you know. I glance at the grandfather clock. <laughs> it? There are some who say everything happens at once. It is creatures like us that can only perceive parts of it. Yes, I was, well, yes. I was talking to one of them earlier today. I have seen some evidence to make me think this is true. Or at least partially true. So if everything is happening at once, could it not be that things that happen in the future affect things that happened in the past? I suppose if everything is happening at once, then that would be a logical conclusion to make. There are several types of Fey lineage, and it is true that by the time it had reached you, it was quite dilute. However, there was something that happened later in your life, but again, if we are to suppose that everything happens at once, then really it happened at the same time. You saw something. And someone 
reached out his hand to you. Someone with wide, dark wings. The Undertaker. Touched by the gods. Oh lord, he's Fey too. <laughs> I shake my head. I don't think so. No, no. I understand it is a lot to pay attention to, Diary, but try to keep up. Okay. You were chosen by someone of significant power, gifting you significant power. And as we have said, if all is happening at once, then the future can influence the past. This is a lot to digest. <laughs> See what happened in the past, then. What do you mean? Well, the future influenced the past. What happened in the past that got influenced? If I am following correctly. The fact that the Undertaker would one day choose me, which is... I'm going to put a pin in that, is the reason that I was able to open the door it is not the power that i had at two years old but the power that i would have eventually if i'm understanding this correctly everything happening happening at once it is like when you hold a book hmm. you're holding all of the events of that book at the same time mm -hmm. and so even though you are reading the book and as you are reading the book you are taking in the events happening in whatever page you are reading the events that are going to happen later in the book are already happening because the words exist on the page. <laughs> are you all right, Talia? I think my head's about to explode. <laughs> um, so he chose you because you opened the door? I don't think that his choosing of me had any... Well, I have no reason to believe that the reason the Undertaker chose me has anything to do with um, the fact that I opened the door. But the fact that he did choose me was the reason I was able to open it. As you are telling a story, the words you are speaking only represent part of that story. But you have the entirety of it in your head. And so the story exists as a whole within you. All right, I'm not gonna pretend that I understand any of this. So, to be quite honest, I feel like I only have a tangential understanding of what is going on, at best. <laughs> Mortal minds. No offense, dearie, but they can be quite small. I'm taken. You are correct. This all seems too big for me. Everything seems too big for me. Hmm. Yes. It's the first time in my life I can no longer say that I am not afraid. I would think that is a good thing. To be afraid? Hmm. Nods. It indicates wisdom, dearie. If one is afraid of nothing, one is very foolish. <laughs> I think feeling fear and being afraid are two different things. Yes, but also no. Zing. Yeah, Celine's just kind of like, okay, face. 
she turns towards you, Talia. Now you, dearie, you have a question burning on your mind. Tina. She gets a sad look on her face. Poor Tina. I told you I had been to Lord Longfellow's estate, had I not? You did. I saw her there. Poor child was already half gone with madness. I could do nothing for her while she was in that awful place. I was surprised when she came to my doorstep. She had remembered me and what kindness I was able to show her when I attended. But beyond that, she was mostly gone. She came to my door, begging me to make the voices stop. And so I did. I made my pact with her and did something I have not done in quite some time. I do not often trade in souls, but the soul of this child could not be allowed to linger in such a poisoned mind. Tina, and coming out of the darkness, stepping into the firelight, is Tina, but different. Different how? And she comes in and she looks shy. She's carrying a plain teddy bear with her, holding it behind her back. And there is no spark of madness in her eyes. Adrian. Tina. Of course, Tina. Adrian, my sister. Yes. Tina, come and sit with us. She comes and sits cross-legged by the fireplace, scratching the bunny. As she sits in between you and the firelight, you see that she is actually slightly translucent, the firelight shining through her a bit. If she's here, then what was... What was in Blackwater? Her body. The body. She nods. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when's the last time a body just wanders around and do what she was doing? A body that had life in it, but no soul. How do you define what's alive? I think Taya gets really, really quiet. She's just looking at Tina. I tried to. I tried to bring her back after we stopped her. I know. I wanted to give her a second chance to give her a place where she could. I don't really know what I, what I thought. The madness of the Feywilds would have lingered. Perhaps even if her soul did return to her body, it would have subsided for a while. But eventually it would have come back. Why did it affect her, not Adrian? She shrugs. 
Perhaps Lord Longfellow paid more attention to Tina than Adrian. Perhaps Adrian's mind was stronger. Perhaps, <laughs> given how strange time is, especially in these lands. And look at the yeah. clock again. Yeah. She kind of looks at it and just takes a sip of tea. Tina was here longer than Adrian. So it is not an inevitability that mortals who, for whatever reason, have come to the Feywild to give in to that madness. If you sit a babe on a cliffside, is it inevitable that they will fall off? No. But would you sit a babe on a cliffside? No. I don't think so. Hmm. Would not recommend it. <laughs> she gestures. Don't tempt fate. She is safe here. She is happy. She is... She is content. She is comfortable. I have no aspirations to use her soul for power. In that case, I am glad that she was able to find her way to your doorstep. Not the, the aura that we faced in Blackwater. She smiles and nods. And she continues to drink her tea. Is there a reason you're just telling us all this? <laughs> she smiles past her teacup. I have been paying attention for some time. There are things in motion, some of which I would like to see undone. And having this conversation with you Seemed the best way to do it. Why? What? Given the nature of time, I will not say much. But there are certain plans that a certain acquaintance of ours has that... I do not wish to see come to fruition. There are some of his plans, however, that would be beneficial to me and my aims. But not all. Would that he would leave me alone. No, she just smiles. We all wish that, dearie. <laughs> Comforting to know that I am in good company. Mm. <laughs> she says that, but it's like, I'm glad that it's not just me, but I'm still just mad about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> do you know... Do you know why I have been having the dreams that I have been having? More stirring of the pot. That is never a good analogy to use. She shrugs. He who stands between... He stands between many things. Day, night, summer and winter, dreams and waking. So it is... Because of him, it is his doings that I am having these dreams. She just sips her tea. What do you know about the Moonlight King? A poor old fool 
whose vice led him to madness. And what was his vice? Very similar to his daughter's. Powell. She nods. Of a sort. He wished to be ruler of all night. Nothing more, nothing less. But he was always affronted that there were other fey lords and ladies who could claim an affinity for the night sky. He felt that the moon should be his and his alone. <laughs> Telly was like sipping her cup <laughs> at, at that. She, she snorted, it came through her nose. Kinda, well, she kind of like did that, like, you know. <laughs> the moon doesn't belong to anyone, though. Some argue he was mad well before his daughter banished him. The night sky is so big, I would think there would be enough of it for everyone. <laughs> well, he always was an old fool. Did you know him? She nods. I said, do you know him? <laughs> he has been locked in a way in his castle for some time, and... Though we never interacted much, I attended a few of his festivities before he was banished. Much more palatable than Lord Longfellow's. Although I would imagine as of late they've fallen into some... well. I cannot tell if my dreams are reflective of whatever is going on. Or if they are just... I don't know. If you should find yourself in the halls again... Do not look for a way out. Look for a way in. Into where? Further in. Further in. It is the way of things here that sometimes further in is the way out. I'm so confused. It is the way of things. The second hand on the grandfather clock ticks forward one. I think that might be our cue. Mm. Perhaps. I will allow one more question, though. If the vice of you stands between his wealth, then what does he need me for? With all people who are greedy, and manipulative use people for to acquire more things. But I have nothing. It is not what you have, but what you can get to. What I can get to? Is this part of the book? <laughs> Perhaps the end. She lets out a sigh as if setting something down and the second hand on the clock begins to tick forward at a regular pace. That is definitely our cue. I suppose it is. Thank you for your your insight and for the tea. It was quite good. She nods her head. You are welcome. <sighs> And she sighs and this like cool autumn breeze just drifts past you 
it would be chilly if it wasn't for the close warmth of the fire. Mm-hmm. Mm. I must get some sleep. You have more than held up your end of the bargain. The rabbit is yours to take. Oh, that thing doesn't freak Adrian out. <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. They stand up and go pick up the rabbit. As you go to pick up the rabbit, Tina stands up and just looks up at the two of you. You know Adrian? Yes, we do. We found her. She's okay. She's safe. Yeah. You're taking care of her. You're seeing to her. She nods. Tell her I'm sorry. I will tell her. Tell you just nods. But just knows it. She is no longer afraid. Or hurting. She is with people now who love her. I'm sorry that we cannot do the same for you. She kind of gives a small smile. It's okay. Mother Nevin takes good care of me. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Anyway, I tell him back to Nick Nevin. Thank you again for your hospitality. It is time we take our leave. She nods. Do not leave the way you came. It will not lead you to where you think. She nods towards the clock. Follow Frederick there. He'll lead you out. Thank you. Turn to Frederick. Frederick turns around on his four small little feetsies. Yeah, and starts rocking back and forth and making his way into the darkness beyond. (laughs) Do quickly lose sight of him, even if you cast light again, but you're still able to hear the TikTok of his mechanisms as you follow him. Just following. I have my rabbit. All right. That thing hurts the kitten. Like, we're gonna eat it. You know, eating it might not be a bad idea, just in the first place. Well, see if it's... See if it's friendly. Yeah, you can do it. No, when I we can't. get out of here. I can't. Why? I used it already today. Well, tomorrow. Oh, yes. So, you follow the sound for about five minutes or so, and then it starts to fade away. Oh, uh, kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, it, it still fades away into silence, but just as it does, you catch a glimpse of time like, of day. It'd be like it'd blue. It'd be like purplish blue, 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 blue yeah. yeah. purplish blue light, yeah. Go towards that? Yeah. Uh, yeah? Okay, here we go. Let's go there. Okay. Uh, you make your way towards and you feel a tunnel closing around you, getting tighter and tighter and tighter until you're on your hands and knees crawling out. With the rabbit, yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of like have to hold it and like really close mm-hmm. to you. and But you eventually come out of the rabbit hole, which mm-hmm. is much smaller now. And you come up into the park, into the cool night air. Celine? Uh, Talia? Uh, my butt. What about it? It's big. Um, pull? What? Pull my hand. I'm stuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to just look at you. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> you gonna help me or not? Um, maybe. <laughs> okay, I help you, I help you. Thank you. <laughs> Looking back at the hole, it looks just like a normal rabbit hole, and 
all feeling of the Feywild is gone from it. Oh, I was jealous. Uh, you look around and you see a dwarf um, has a bright purple beard and hair and is wearing like the most gaudy, rich outfit. <laughs> I mean, he is my son. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna teach this boy how to stealth, maybe. We tried to try to teach him subtleties. That's not going to happen. He comes up, and th- this dwarf says in just Jareth's voice, "I didn't uh, realize the circus was in town." Yeah, that didn't take very long. Uh, you guys found the rabbit. Wait, how long? We were in there for hours. Uh, no. Look at my pocket watch. It says seven fifteen. Oh. She really did stop time. Ooh. Ooh. Yep, found a rabbit. <laughs> Great. Just don't put your finger next to it. Apparently it bites <laughs> people's fingers off. What do fave bunnies eat? Oh, God damn it, I should have asked Nick. I should have asked. Yeah. Well, what I mean. this bunny will eat? I'll just uh, we'll try both of meat and veggie. Gotta be something, right? I guess. He's just kind of sitting in your arms, just like twitching his nose mm-hmm. with its polka dot, has polka dots still. Pink polka dots. They're actually multicolored. Oh, okay. Well, if it poops, I can tell you. I like hold it out, like away from me, like, oh, wait, these things poop. <laughs> Don't hold a bunny like that. Why not? In your arms. Uh, there you go. I pull it back. Uh, Don't poop on me. <laughs> All right. Say nice big, don't poop on me. Well, now it's gonna. <laughs> All right. Back to the DMP, I guess. Yeah, you ch- you guys go back to the DMP. I'm gonna go to the store really quick because we used all of our food <laughs> last night. Well, they food um, feeding people. It, it's after seven. Do you, do you think they'll be open? It's a this city. Is, yeah. This is a city, and it's uh, the upper crust. Somebody's open. There's some rich fuck who wants some expensive outlandish food in the middle of the night. Someone's going to be open. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Jared, take the hat off. Huh? The hat, take it off. Oh, and he <laughs> takes it off and immediately it's back to himself. Subtlety will not be your strong suit. Come on, kid. What's wrong with it? No, it was fantastic. It was perfect. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna head go get groceries really quick. Okay. Yeah, you're able to. James said just to stick it next to his office. Okay. So if you want to torture him, go for it. No. <laughs> Why would I do that? No reason. Exactly. I wouldn't do anything to anyone that didn't do the outfit. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Fae Wild West, presented by Let's Be Legendary Podcast. If you're enjoying our story, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us a lot, and we'll read your reviews on the podcast. We are all over social media, and you can find links on our website at letsbelegendarypodcast.com. We also have a list of links in our show notes. Our Discord server is a pretty active place these days, so please stop by and say hello. You can find a link to that, too, in the show notes and on our website. If you want to go a step further, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get to listen to episodes two days before the general public, plus you'll get exclusive sneak peeks of new art, DM and player's notes, deleted scenes, bloopers, and more. You'll also get access to Bonus Round, a limited exclusive series run by our patrons. 
We have a lot planned this year, so we hope you'll join us. Talia Argent Gray is played by Chris Sass Council. Celine Argent Gray is played by Megzi Sass Council. And our dungeon master is Molly Hexcroft. Our producer and editor is Molly Hexcroft, pronouns she, her. Producer and manager is Jess Richards, pronouns they, them. Producer, art director, and assistant mixer is Megzi Sass Council, pronouns she, her. And our producer, director, editor, and mixer is Chris Sass Council, pronouns they, them. Credits for music and sound effects can be found in the show notes. Celine's tarot deck is the Marigold deck by Amrit S. Barr, and the tarot guide used in the game can be found at biddytarot.com. Thanks again for listening, and stay legendary.